Welcome to the New Author Podcast, a weekly podcast diary starring Jerry Evanoff. You don't see enough positive news about global warming. And Rich Casey. I usually do the smell test and the taste test. I usually don't do the, the look test too much, but sometimes, like if there's furry things growing on it. Join them weekly as they talk about writing, publishing, and marketing their books. They'll talk about their successes, their failures, and everything in between. And along the way, they'll probably veer off the path a little and talk about gardening, television, their world travels, sports, or pretty much any other shiny thing that catches their eye. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special midweek episode of the New Author Podcast. Today is Saturday. No, today is Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Uh, this is episode number 249. And uh, with me, when Cox Cable allows him to be with me, is Rich Casey. Rich, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I just have to crawl out from underneath my rock because you look so forlorn forlorn and lonely on, on that last episode that you dropped that uh, I have to come back and, and, and visit with you. But yeah, I, I finally got my cable, I hope, fixed. Uh, it's been blazing fast for the last few days that it's been up and running. So I'm, I'm really happy. In fact, I'm too happy for to really, I really shouldn't be this happy. And it just it goes to show that how captured I am now into this internet that you know you lose it for 10 days and you're just like pulling your hair out and i don't have any hair left to pull out uh when you can't do the things you want to do you can't you know really upload download anything you can't watch tv because it's all hooked up to the cable it's just really crazy um the only thing it did allow, allow me to do is get back to reading books which was good i'd kind of fallen oh. off the book reading wagon yeah so so that was a positive benefit i'm hoping to continue that uh, into the uh, new year. Spoiler, spoiler alert for Saturday's podcast. I'm reading something called Ninth House. No, um, I've never heard of it. I don't know. I, I didn't. I had never. I didn't know the genre. I just literally bought it and started reading it. And uh, it's it's interesting. I, I'm I'm good with it. Um, but it's long. So, and I'll talk about this more on the next podcast we do, probably Saturday or Sunday. But it's was yeah. Was that one of those mystery book dates that you pick up at a bookstore or? No, this was okay. I'll spoil a little bit. This was me opening the Story Grid Guild on Sunday morning, oh, uh, yeah, five yeah. days ago, the day that it opened, and having uh, one of the two videos that you need to watch. Having the woman in the video say, "We're going to be using um, Chapter Three as the scene in in the Ninth House," um, but it'd probably be good if you just had read the whole book read by the end of the week. And um, <laughs> I looked at the number of pages and it was, it's like 470. And I was like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> so <laughs> there was an email that you got when you signed up that said what you should do between now and the guild starting and nowhere in there did it say start reading this book, which kind of annoyed me a little yeah. bit. But uh, yeah, that, that way it, you're gonna do. it isn't like, yeah. So we're going to go over our in this episode, we're going to go over our 2023 goals. We're going to talk about basically what what happened in the year 2023. And then we're going to talk about 2024. Uh, just rich to uh, give you a little preview. My 2024 is 100% different from the way that I set goals for 2023. Um, I'm hoping that this helps me write more. So it, it'll be I'm, I'm actually since I thought of this idea, and I kind of am stealing, I think from you a little bit from last year. Um, I'm kind of really I've been looking forward to doing, doing this episode since your cable went out, because I'm, I'm curious your reaction and the reaction of anybody who listens who wants to give me the reaction. It's so different than what I've been doing. So Okay, well, it'll be, it'll be interesting because I think I'm probably going closer to what you were doing last during the oh, last wow. year than <laughs> for 2024. So it'll be interesting to see. So yeah, I'll go ahead so and start off uh, talking maybe, about my maybe for the next maybe for the next podcast I'll switch our images in the YouTube video and I'll put you on the left and me on the right to signify that swap. I think that's okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I'll go, I'll go ahead and start with my, uh, what happened in 2023, what my goals were and whether I, I reached any of them or not. Uh, kind of overall, kind of a, a, a 50,000 foot uh, snapshot. 2023 was, was a year of barely controlled chaos in my life. Uh, but overall, I think it did make some progress on both the writing and the publishing front. Uh, so I, no matter what it may sound like as I'm going through here, especially towards the end when I start saying I didn't actually achieve any of this, I'm actually pretty happy with the year given everything that I faced. Um, I started off the year, as maybe you're going to talk about 2024, with having no numerical goals. In fact, I specifically said I was not going to have any numerical goals to, to meet. I was going to instead focus on habit formation in terms of both writing and reading and exercise and healthy eating. Uh, that lasted about a month. <laughs> Uh, as I quickly found out, uh, as I moved into January of 2023, that I was going to need treatment for prostate cancer and it was going to be five days a week. And the timing of the appointment appointments was going to be different each day. And I wouldn't find out what the next appointment would be until I went to the appointment the day before. So it was just like, you know, a stochastic, uh, scheduling problem that I just wasn't really prepared to deal with since I'm bad at scheduling anyways. Uh, so add to that. Once I did get into the treatment, about a week in, I broke my foot. Uh, and everything I had hoped to do in terms of being more consistent about my behavior, I just threw out the window. Uh, and I, what I really needed at that point is to find some kind of an alternative path to actually accomplishing something while I was being treated, while I was laid up with my broken foot, which I was told would take about eight months to heal. And it, it did take about eight months to heal. Uh, so... The idea of not having numerical goals, I guess I could say it was a, a partial success. I didn't really develop any habits, but I did end the year healthier than I started, especially healthier than I was at the end of January, which, uh, or midway through the, fir the first quarter of last year. Uh, currently, uh, knock on wood, I'm cancer-free. I'm 10 pounds lighter than I was at the beginning of the year, and I'm also back to reading regularly. So that's is, is a big win, I think, uh, as far as I'm concerned in terms of habits, because I like to read, I like to read for both entertainment and also to read to fill my well in terms of writing. Uh, so I, I hope to be able to carry that forward. So what I had to do at the beginning of the year after the year started is look around for something that would give me some quick wins because I really needed some dopamine hits because I was getting whacked over the head in, in a lot of different ways. And novel writing as an, is really an exercise in how much work can you take before you actually get any kind of reward. Uh, I, and I know, uh, you know, writing is fun and all that and it, it gets, gets to be enjoyed, but there's also slog involved. And if you're not getting any, any kind of a dopamine hit as a result of what you're doing, then it's kind of hard to keep uh, your focus and to keep moving uh, on it. So my first idea was that I would just go ahead and post chapters as I finish them or and, and put them on my website and try to figure out a way to use them to begin building an audience. But I really couldn't figure out a way how that would work. And I think maybe you even thought about doing that initially last year as well. But I just really couldn't figure out a good way that, that would work. And there certainly wouldn't be any kind of financial return, either in the short or intermediate horizon to doing that. Uh, the only kind of return you might get would be maybe to get some subscribers and an email list, which may possibly work out in the, the distant future sometime. Uh, so I was starting to think with, you know, as a reformed economist, I guess, you know, I spent my whole life, uh, career life, you know, working with money and stuff that maybe I needed some money as a motivator uh, and not just the joy of reading real as it is. So my second idea, and I kind of accidentally stumbled across it, was to enroll my stories in Kindle Vela 
which as everybody probably knows by now is a serial reading program. I don't really remember how I stumbled across it or what first introduced me to it. It may have been a Facebook post I saw or something like that. Uh, so I, I looked at Vela. It had the main advantage, at least for me in the situation I was in, of allowing me to post and sell my story by the episode because I wasn't making very fast progress. I didn't really have the possibility of making fast progress, giving everything else that was going on and how I was feeling. And I also didn't have to be consistent in posting, in posting which is something I really needed given all my medical issues that were going on. Uh, yes, there was an exclusivity clause, but it wasn't really onerous. Uh, and besides, there really weren't any other paying outlets out there for stories that were in progress and I actually finished. So I took the plunge and enrolled some of my stories in Vela at the very end of January. By April, I had enough data from goofing around in Vela to actually set some financial goals for the rest of 2023. And if you recall, one of the goals was I wanted to earn $3,500 in profit net of any kinds of marketing and promotion expenses. Uh, one of the things about Vela from a business perspective is you really have to heavily promote and market your stories or else they kind of just, they do one of two things. They just kind of languish there and nobody reads them. Or as is happening with me right now, uh, where I haven't really been doing any promoting and marketing since the first of the year, so I can see it, because otherwise this would get lost in the, in the data uh, flow, is that I have a lot of people reading the stories, but they're not, it's not giving me any royalties. And this is because Amazon gives away free tokens to people when they sign up for the program or when they start the program as a reader. And those, pro those tokens don't count as royalty, as royalties to you. So it's just basically freebies. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't entirely clear to me what kind of spend I'd need to accomplish this $3,500 profit goal. But what I did uh, in April is basically, at least in the back of my mind, I don't think I ever uttered this, is I committed $1,000 to finding out how much I would have to spend in order to generate some income. And on this goal of bringing $3,500 uh, net of marketing expenses, it was a success. Uh, on an earned basis, for the year, as opposed to a booked basis, because Amazon lags in terms of how they actually pay you. But in terms of as earned in a month basis, uh, my profit net of direct uh, production and marketing expenses was $6,279, or almost $2,800 over the goal that I had originally set. And the ROI on that, if you figure it out, was about 241%, which means I made basically $3.41 for every dollar I spent on promotion and marketing. So that's, I, I can't look at that and think uh, anything more than that was successful in terms, especially since it started off as just kind of a uh, seat of my pants experiment. Um, I also set as a goal back in April that I'd like to earn $2,000 profit net of all expenses, including taxes, but not including wages. I decided that it, you know, this, we're basically running startups here, and it's really premature to start thinking about paying yourself a wage in the early stages of a startup, and especially as a solo entrepreneur. And you can usually, for most startups, you can expect it to take quite a number of years before the business will generate any kind of revenue that actually flows to the owners, which is why you have venture capital and angel investors and all this other kind of stuff out there. Um, but I was successful on this goal as well. Uh, on an earned basis, my profit net of all expenses besides wages was $3,431 for the year or about $1,431 over the goal that I had set. So that makes the ROI on all my expenses, including taxes, 
62%, which means I made about $1.63, $1.62 for every dollar I spent. Um, is this high or is this low? I really don't know, to tell you the truth. I know for small businesses in general, uh, a 15 to 20% return is considered to be good. Uh, if you can make 15, obviously the higher the better, but if you can make 15 to 20% return on your investment, then you've got a concern that it will be going in the future. You'll be able to keep the the business open. Uh, Joe Solari has stated that the that he can get returns for people up into the 30 to 50% range for independent publishers, but that's really highly variable and really dependent on the way in which you structure your business, how, how efficient you are, et cetera, et cetera. So the fact that I got 62%, I think is, is a big win. Uh, we'll see if that continues on into the new year or not. Uh, but it, it's encouraging anyways. And I certainly generated enough free cash flow, if you want to think of it that way, to do some things uh, like, uh, you know, pay for covers and maybe pay for editing and things like that, which is kind of nice. Um, I, I, I discovered that I was actually going to hit those financial goals. And I think we talked about it a little bit early in the fourth quarter. So I probably unwisely at that point set some stretch goals for myself. Greedy. Them, yes, I got greedy. Exactly. I, I, I thought I would, I, I didn't realize I was still the same old rich just because I had to, <laughs> to stumble, stumble onto something. And, and, you know, and, and the problem is, is that that is really a, a truth in business in general, you know, an entrepreneur will get, We'll have a combination of being at the right place at the right time with the right idea and be very successful. And they suddenly think they're a genius and they can do anything they want. And that I got that kind of on, on a minor scale. So one of the goals I set was that for the fourth quarter, I was going to publish 60 episodes of Vela's uh, with the idea that I was going to finish off the Vela's I had already started. And that was a big nope. I didn't come anywhere close to that. I published another 25 episodes in the fourth quarter as my writing schedule just completely fell apart from basically Thanksgiving through Christmas because of travel and family responsibilities and stuff like that. Uh, one thing I did learn from that is I'm going to have to make more explicit accommodations for holidays and when I know I'm going to be traveling and how much I can get done while I'm traveling when I plan for 2024. That's going to have to be more explicitly stated in my plans. Uh, I also said that I wanted to complete Death Comes to Paradise and what the cat dragged in in, in my Vela's. Uh, didn't do either of those. I mean, within striking distance of Death Comes to Paradise, I only need to write about another five chapters and that thing will be complete. Uh, but I'm a long way off with what the cat dragged in. Uh, I'm, I'm at, well, I've got 15 episodes posted. I've got another five that are already written. I probably have another 30 to go. Just basically, you know, looking at the outline that I have. So that that's that one's got a little bit of work that still needs to be done on it. And I also said that I was going to try to emphasize getting Vela page reads. I wasn't going to look at what the the income coming in was so much as I just wanted to get that hit two hundred fifty thousand KU equivalent page reads by the end of the year. And that was another big nope. Uh, I ended the year with two hundred fifteen thousand, as I basically ended up putting in no effort in the last couple of weeks of December. It just absolutely nothing. Um, another thing that I uh, said I was going to be doing for the year was uh, I was going to use that Matthew J. Holmes 60-minute author program and start to consider more about what I would be doing in intermediate and long-term in terms of goals and developing plans to accomplish them. And I did start that, and I think I mentioned that at some point during the year that I was going to have a five-year goal 
of hitting five thousand dollars in net in free cash flow from selling stories which would basically be about a mid-tier author income uh but i didn't really make a lot of progress in developing a viable plan for that it's just a goal that i have a, a target in in my mind uh that five years out i like to be there uh one thing i know for sure is that it's technically possible to do it on vela and I know some authors who are coming closer. In fact, I know one author who grosses over $10,000 a month on Vela. Uh, but that isn't the way I think I want to go for a, a number of reasons, uh, not the least of which is the eggs all in one basket kind of idea uh, approach to publishing that some people do where they're all in on Amazon KU or they're all in on Vela or whatever. I would rather be spread the risk across a bunch of different platforms, especially since uh, one of the things I'll be talking about uh, when we go over 2024 goals is I really see the um, indie space moving more towards subs a subscription model on an individual author basis and much more effort being put into developing community uh, around your author brand. I I'm going to talk a little bit more about that uh, when we talk about our 2024 goals. But that was basically it. I mean, think overall, I uh, have to adjust on the fly, which you, know, you often have to, have to do. Uh, I hope going into 2024 now that my health is much better. I won't have as many uh, challenges as I did. I do have family challenges already. My mother fell in church a week ago, oh. broke, her hip, broke her hip, uh, almost scalped herself. I and mean, whatever she hit, she's got a huge wound on her head and she's still in the hospital about a week later. So if, if things, my sister's there with her, uh, if things don't uh, progress uh, so she can get out of there, which they, they're, they're moving in that direction. And she's, you know, she's a, she's tough for 93 years old. It's amazing how tough she is. Um, and she's, she's really mo highly motivated to get out of the, out of the hospital and get back home. And the, uh, luckily the break that she had was a fracture and it was in a place that she could actually think about walking with a walker, even though it's still fractured. So she's talking about six to eight weeks in order to recover. But I may still have to go up there and take care of her for a while. But besides that, my my year coming forward looks clear, and I hope to get a lot done. That's good. I, I a couple comments. Um, sure. <clears throat> you, you talked about making explicit plans for twenty twenty four. Yeah, I made explicit plans. It's going to be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you so so you're thinking that that Vela isn't going to be something going forward? And I know you're probably going to talk about this in 2024. I don't want to spoil it now. So you have um, plans to uh, uh, move out of there, I I'm assuming, or or kind of do a combo platter type thing. Yeah, a combo platter. See, um, Vela, at least at, yeah. at the moment, and there, there's no reason to expect it's going to change. Uh, since it, it still seems like Amazon is putting new resources into Vela, it's not like they're going to close it up. But my, my idea, and it was like this all, all along, it's just I'm now reaching the point where I can actually do it, is to run stories through Vela as I'm developing them and writing them. And then when they're completed, uh, you know, revise and re-edit them and then bring them out of Vela and do something else with them. And that something else I think is going to be wide instead of KU, just because I would like to mm, okay. go down mm -hmm. a subscription model path and also just get it on all the other platforms. Uh, and, and try to develop that wider audience from the get-go instead of having to be in, in KU and then think about coming out and developing it from scratch when I come out. So it, it's funny. I, I look at your your 
2023 and even throughout the year during 2023 i look at you and i can't help being very jealous and i know you're not supposed to (laughs) compare yourself to other authors but the fact that you kind of came out of nowhere with these books and then started making money because of what you were doing and i'm still like oh i didn't get my book published and i only published one and i didn't make any money off it and i'm thinking do i want to go and develop i don't really want to but I also want to make money. So like I have, the, right. there's this bit of jealousy that's been in me all year as I watch you go through this and well, I'm happy for yeah. you, but I'm also annoyed at you. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's really dumb luck. You know, if I, if I wasn't, if I wasn't sick in the beginning of the year and if I wasn't looking for something to get some quick short, you know, short-term wins, I would probably never looked at Bella because, you know, kind of, in, I'm not a serial reader. I don't really read stories that way. I'm, I'm a binge reader. I'll sit down and read the whole story all at one time. Um, Usually if I pick up a, a fiction book, I'll have it done in a, a couple of days. So to the idea that you would have to wait over weeks as people dribble out of stories is kind of foreign to me, but it's apparently not foreign to a lot of people, especially younger people. That's kind of the way in which they consume stories. And I guess it, it comes from, you know, the, the, the television, they'll they either watch the, the shows as uh, the different streaming services dribble them out. If the ones that still do that, or they just, wait till the whole thing's out there and they binge on it. Um, yeah. So anyway, but, but, they, but they really, they seem to be the younger crowd really seems to be uh, happy with and used to this idea that stories are going to be episodic and uh, each episode is going to kind of be its own little thing. And that the story, there will be a storyline that carries through all the episodes of some kind. Uh, just think about your favorite te- television show, and it's always you know some storyline is carrying straight through, even if it's a storyline that's you know extremely repetitive, like it is in Perry Mason. But you know it's uh, mm-hmm. but but people seem to like that. It's just a TV generation, and I guess I'm not. I'm probably one of the last non-TV generation. I did grow up with TV, but it wasn't really a big thing in my household. And once I was gone from the household, I never watched TV. Oh, it's just it's just getting used to dealing with a different audience, and that's why I just yeah. happened to luckily stumble across. Yeah. Well, mine um, mine were a little different. I have a lot of writing goals to talk about and some non-writing goals, and I'll go through them somewhat qu- quickly. Um, I did put publish three books in my Sam Moore, Norris murder mystery series. I published one, um, and it was one that I had worked on at the end of 2022 into 2023. I started working on the next one in like I don't know May or June, and I'm still. 65% of the way, 75% of the way through it. And that's not going to get published. Well, we'll get to that when I get 2024, when I plan on publishing that one. Um, so that was pretty much a fail. Most of these are a fail. Uh, and that's what lead, that's what'll lead me to, to the way that I'm going to set up 2024, build a mailing list using, um, using the series for Facebook at bonus scenes. I did that. It just didn't work, but I did complete that goal. That's completed something um and then figure out what my bonus scenes would be this was something that i that i got from melanie harlow when she spoke at 20 books vegas 2022 talking about how she uses bonus scenes i did this i actually ended up writing a bonus short story um i do think this is something that will work i just haven't got enough sales to to see it work and then you know i created my newspaper articles a couple weeks ago that i really like and that's out there for free no no subscription needed that's something i want to continue in through these books is just come up with these fun little weird things on the side i've been trying to think of what i want to do for the next book uh the inheriting murder that i'm working on i'm not going to do newspaper articles every time but um, i did enjoy doing something like that so i'm going to call that a success even though it wasn't what i set out to do specifically it but it was kind of a bonus that i was looking to give away so the Uh, i'm trying to remember trying to remember now what you were planning here where you're planning on using these 
as cookies at the end of the books in order to yeah. get mail mail signups. Okay. Yeah, now what she did with her romance was the wedding scene or the baby scene because those right. are really good for romances. For murder mystery, it's a little bit tougher. So I ended up writing a short story uh, right. instead that was, I don't know, 40 pages. It wasn't very long. Um, and then I came up with a newspaper articles idea a couple weeks ago and just put that out there. There's no email subscriber sign up. Although I think I mentioned, I don't know, if, I don't remember if, if I talked about this with you or not um, two weeks ago or if I talked about it by myself last week is that I put a subscribe button. It looks like a newspaper header. So it's like, here's the, here's the, the uh, newspaper name and here's the weather right. in this area. And then over to the right, it says, here's how you subscribe to the newspaper. But when you click it, it really takes you to the, the short story. If you want to go ahead and download it for free. Um, right. uh, set on a newsletter provider. I'm staying with MailerLite. There's no reason to change unless MailerLite ups it or completely makes it horrible. Um, all my stuff is set up in there. All of my lists are there. My book funnel points are there. There's no reason to, to make a big change if I don't have to right um start sending new regular newsletters well, i obviously didn't do that because i didn't publish books to um have those those uh newsletters about i did ex add an extra which again like you i was like oh let's let's do this too write and publish two novellas which would be the second and third books of the sci-fi prequels trilogy i did um i did start the second one but i didn't get very far into it uh, that's something that i'm shooting for at the end of 2024 kind of maybe we'll see i don't know i don't know how that's going to go yet um and then uh I, I wrote in here in all caps this is an important one that needs to be worked out decide on my software platform including my plotting software writing and formatting software i mean i've pretty much decided that it's scrivener um it's scrivener all the way i love all the stuff that i can do in the sidebar and in fact i talked last week and maybe two weeks ago about how i'm turning Scri this one scrivener file which was originally my inheriting murder book two file but i'm turning that into the sam norris murder mystery series file where i'm copying book one in there i'm writing book two in there i'm going to plot and write some more books in there i'm putting a story bible in there like that's going to be my go-to file for anything in that series that way it's all there in one place i don't have like nine scrivener files open when i need to see something um, right right so i will be doing that in terms of plotting i mean it's really just chat gpt and um google docs and then eventually in scrivener uh, that's how i'm doing that formatting is going to be atticus i'm going to copy the, the pages out I'm, basically what i'll do is i'll copy them through grammarly one chapter at a time and then copy them into atticus and that's what i'll use to format uh, i'd like to create a template for writing murder mysteries this was a fail because i just didn't do it i don't think i need to do it i think that the template that i'm going to use is going to be like the three-act structure along with the hero's journey that's kind of the structure i'm going to follow anyway um, so I'm calling that a success. I did finish that entire thing. Keep my writing schedule for the whole year. Um, if you'll remember, I used an Excel spreadsheet when I wrote the first draft of book two and it went fantastic. Like I followed it day by day. I, um, I actually got ahead but to where by the time I was done with the first draft, I was about 3000 words ahead and got done maybe four or five days early. Um, I really enjoyed that. I did not use it the rest of the year because I didn't do any more writing. It was all editing from there. So I'm going to call this a success. And then you'll hear this Excel come back up when I get to 2024. Okay. Um, this is going to be the main driver of my 2024 is this Excel spreadsheet. Um, is there any way I can set up something in my house somewhere where I'm comfortable writing without distractions? Yeah, I'm sitting at it right now. It's a nice table that I have in the back room. It's a high table. It has a spot for my laptop and another monitor if I want to use it. Um, so it's it's great. Um, I do in the summer tend to go out into the, onto my back uh, porch or my, my deck and there's a table back there that I really enjoy sitting at in the summer. But for the most part, I'll sit here at this, uh, this, this. So that was a success. Change my website, uh, rewrite it myself. I did that. 
Um, I use ChatGPT to do a lot of the work, but I had a whole design in mind that I wanted. It is finished. It is up online. Uh, I've also changed web hosts, which wasn't on here, but I've changed web hosts over to this Kemi Cloud based on the recommendation from Caro. Uh, and it's all fantastic. It's all been great. And I love the website. I actually made some changes to it yesterday. It's I love it. Um, and then get my paperbacks into a site like Drafted Digital. That's also done. Uh, I did do that. I pushed into all the sites through Drafted Digital because, you know, KU, you can only have the ebook in one place, but with the, the paperbacks, you can have them anywhere. Uh, and I right. used Drafted. I actually looked at my Drafted Digital dashboard a couple of weeks ago and I actually made a sale. I didn't even know it, which was nice. Um, I don't know who bought it, but I'll take it. Um, yep. Post every now and then to the Patreon page, random moments. You know, this is our Patreon. We haven't done anything with it. Uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more with 2024. Um, so we just didn't do a very good job of this. Uh, try to make the Facebook author page work like Sean Inman did. Uh, I, I've done a pretty good job of this. I've gained about 35 followers since I started doing this. Um, I, I'm not going to say regularly because you know I've had moments or or a days or weeks where I didn't like I haven't posted in a couple weeks there, maybe one or two times. Um, but when I'm posting day by day, I'm getting a follower here and there, and I'm going to keep doing that. Um, and then keep my Audible subscription. Oh, of the Vegas thing. Uh, go to 20 Books Vegas. I did not go. I'm going to call that a success because I didn't plan to go and then I didn't go. So that's, I guess, a negative. That's a success, I guess. Um, and then lastly, in terms of writing, keep my Audible subscription for the whole year. It's so funny. I had it and then I canceled it. And then I literally resubscribed to it this morning. Um, so <laughs> it's weird how this has been working. But uh, yeah, it's, it's. I, I want to do that more. And you know, we're going to have to go into the office an extra day um, starting in February. So I have two days now where I'm driving back and forth and I'm in the office. So I'll have more time to listen to some books uh, when I'm able to. I, uh, before you go on, I, I want to make a comment here about uh, not only about the Facebook author page and what you're trying to do there in terms of what Sean Inman was talking about, but also back about your newsletter. And I thought about you this past week because a few weeks ago, I subscribed to an author's uh, newsletter and uh for like me, I can't remember the full author's name. Her first name is Caitlin. Uh, but she sends out a new newsletter weekly, and it's called Weekly Tea. And she, every single newsletter, she talks, she starts it off by talking about something she's passionate about, which is tea. And she's constantly reviewing and talking about different kinds of tea and where she gets them from and how they're supposed to be brewed and all this kind of stuff. And it occurred to me that, you know, all of us have these little hobbies and stuff that we're really passionate about that we really follow up on that probably have nothing to do with the readers, but it gives you a hook and a reason for sending out uh, consistent newsletters and posting consistently on Facebook. And I'm, I've, I'm going to start to think about what is, what could be my hook? that I could use. And it may well turn out to be gardening or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, for you, it could be, you know, the fantasy football stuff. I know you, uh, you really kind of, uh, I don't want to say talk it down, but you, you kind of give a disclaimer that nobody wants to hear about this, but you know, a lot of people do want to hear about it. And that, that might be something that you could use as a, as a hook to send the newsletter out uh, twice a month or whatever. Just, you know, talk about the, your, your, experiences and talk about the things you kind of look at in the off season. You could talk about how do you prepare for a fantasy football season? Uh, and you know, it may turn out to be like what's happening with my uh, daughter-in-law who is suddenly all in on NFL football. This is a, a woman who has never done anything with sports. In fact, my son was telling me today that the only reason he can think that she's suddenly all in on football is that she used to be a avid follower of the video streams that showed people playing 
different kinds of Mario Kart games and the competitions that they would have. But that uh, Mario, the owner of Mario Kart, the copyright holder of Mario Kart, has kind of uh, squashed all these independent leagues and things oh. that have developed and brought it all underneath their own umbrella. And it's become kind of boring and yeah. there's, there's no interesting behavior. So instead, she's kind of dr drifted over into the NFL. And now she's all in on NFL. Uh, and, and probably, like I mentioned to you before, we'll probably be doing fantasy football next year if I know her. Uh, From what I hear, she's a so, fan of a certain team. That's right. And she's a fan of the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> uh, particularly of Joe Flacco and the Joe story Flacco, of Joe yeah. Flacco. Yeah. yeah. that's uh, I think that's what really has really got her. So anyways, that's something we can think about uh, each of us individually. You know, it, what What is the one thing that we do that's not writing that people might find interesting? And don't assume they like won't. It sounds like you want me to create a, a newsletter that goes out every two weeks called the weekly T spelled T E E. That's what I'm hearing. But there you go. Well, there like you go. That, that would be something. Yeah. As well. That would be something as well. <laughs> so here's what I would do. Okay. First off, nobody wants to hear about fantasy football. I'm going to say that, but, but, but here's what I would do. This is my, I, when I went to Vegas last year and did my draft, um, the auction league that I lose in every year, I've been at like nine years. I've, I've made the playoffs once. And in that league, that year, first, second, and third were paid. And then there was a consolation bowl of all the teams that did make the playoffs where the winner of that got like 500 bucks. I finished fourth, which means first, second, and third got paid and fifth place got paid. I didn't get paid in fourth place. Um, <laughs> so, what I, so I actually sat down at the airport in Vegas as I was sitting waiting for my flight to come home. And I actually opened up um, Atticus and I created a book called How I Won My uh, High Stakes Auction League. And then my plan was to write what I did each week in the draft and then each week during the season and then slowly change the title from how I finished in second place, how I finished in eighth place, how I finished last, and then something like how I lost my – and then actually have that on the cover of one is crossed out and then how I finished in second is crossed out. And finally, it's how I lost was the final title. And what I would do here is I would write the story – where the fantasy football draft is the main plot of the story. But then there'll be all these stories around it of, oh, when I was a kid, the first football game I remember watching was the Chargers Dolphins in 1981 with the hook and ladder, the famous hook and ladder play by the Dolphins or the Chargers. I can't even remember who now to win the game. Like that's the first football game I remember watching. And I think those stories could be interesting. The fantasy mm -hmm. football, so I think itself, I think is would be boring to most people, but the stuff that I could wrap around the fantasy football, I think would be interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the whole idea here is to find something that will motivate you yeah. to turn out that, that newsletter every week or whatever yeah. you decide to do every two weeks. And uh, she's found tea. tea is, and, you know, it's not long. She doesn't talk, you know, it's a couple, two paragraphs maybe, but it gives her something to start every newsletter off. And then if she doesn't have much, to talk about, she'll either do throw in a, a short book review, or she'll throw in you know a couple of specials that she knows other people are, are doing or something. But then when she has something to talk about her own writing, she's got the uh, the setup and the space to do that with the mm -hmm. with the intro already there that people expect and people open in order to see okay what kind of weird tea are you drinking this week and you know how how many thousands of dollars per per gram did it cost or whatever you know right. Yeah, I, I do think tea and gardening would be more interesting to readers of the books that we write than fantasy football. But if I phrased it right, or sure. I, I opened it correctly to where the first sentence is, hey, you want to know how I did fantasy football? That's going to be boring. But if I come up with a good opening hook that that kept them reading where I fantasy football was mixed in, but then there was like a almost like a human interest story instead well, around that. 
And that's the thing. That's the thing about professional sports. There's professional sports is nothing more than drama, mystery, and suspense story. And yeah. you know, if it was a little more well developed, it would be the World Wrestling Federation all over again. You know, <laughs> NFL, the NFL, <laughs> World Wrestling. Some people Federation. might say that now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, people are going that way with the way the refs have been playing. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean that that you just, you just have to find a way in for yourself, a, a, a mental model that will work for you and motivate you. So, anyways, I, I just thought I dropped that in there because I was thinking about it for myself. What would I do, and how would I do it? I really like the weekly T T E E though. I wonder if I could do something with that because I'm going to talk about golf next. I had um, four golf goals last year. Um, one of them was to break 85 more. It only happened once, but I spent most of my year working on my driver off the tee and it took till later in the year when I really started to get better consistent at it. And I shot an 85 once I shot an 82, which was my lowest of the year. I got an Eagle in my last round on a par four. I hit it on my second shot because I hit such a good drive off the tee. So I'm not, it's, it's obviously a fail, but I, I much kind of like what you were saying, where you kind of went into the year, not healthy. And then as the year went on, you know, you got more healthy, you know, I'm going to try to uh, um, uh, uh, compare your cancer to my hitting off the tee, if you don't mind. Um, I was really bad off the tee. And then as the year moved on, I was hitting the ball a lot better. Um, break 80. I wanted to break 80 at least one time. It didn't happen. 82 was as close as I got. And, you know, on that round that I shot, um, I had a round where I shot 91 and that was where I got the Eagle. I shot like 51 and then 38. Like it was mm. such a weird, whatever. I mean, that's, maybe it's 53 38 to get to 91 so i know i have it in me i just haven't been able to put it all together yet but getting better off the team my short game was really good last year i think i can do it um this year we'll see uh number three in golf was getting better off the tee i did it took me most of the summer but i started hitting the ball really well thanks to a combination of a, a video i bought off of instagram a a video on youtube and then uh just a whole lot of practice um it, it was good and then lastly, get up and down more, meaning my chipping, my short game. It was so good this year. Um, I was one putting. I was chipping on and one putting so many times. Uh, and I hope that continues into next year. Uh, I'm actually really confident about going into next year. I think you're the first person I've, I know who's bought something off of Instagram. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I think I bought a couple <laughs> things off Instagram. I really like it. It's like, here's a bunch of weird products you don't see on Amazon. And I'm like, I like that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And then lastly, I have my financial goals. Um, step two in the Dave Ramsey plan was pay off all of your debt, except your house. And my last item was my car, which I paid off, I believe in March or April. Um, step three is save three to six months of bills. For me, that was around 13,200, six months of bills is $13,200 for me, about $2,200 a month. Um, I would have gotten there in 2023, except I went to Vegas in September and I played fantasy football, which at the beginning of last year, I wasn't planning on doing. Uh, I don't know why mm -hmm. I, that's silly to think that I wasn't going to do that, but I was really convinced for like six months. I wasn't going to do that. And then I did. Um, so I would have gotten there. I'm going to call it a fail, but you know, I did really well. I'm actually going to get there January 30th. So 19 days oh, okay. from now or January 31st, 20 days from now, I will get there and I will be done with step three and on to step four and six. So, and then the last thing I have was to start thinking about what needs to be done to my house so I can get it ready to sell. I've kind of put that on hold. I have a list, but I am going to work more on paying off the house instead of fixing it up and selling it. I'd rather mm -hmm. pay it off and sell it, giving me money for a nice down payment 
when I'm ready to, to actually move out of this horrible, horrible cold weather that we've had. Uh, <laughs> the last, it's been, it's just been awful. It, I hate snow so much. So, so that was, uh, you know, I'm going to call that a success, even though, you know, it wasn't really that hard of a goal. I, I literally started the goal with start thinking about, well, yeah, I did that. So, um, so that was an easy one. Um, right. So yeah, that's well, you know, where I ended 2023. You know, looking back on all the stuff that you've done and the accomplishments you have had, it, I think it was a su successful year for you. Yeah. The, the the fact that you may be a little bit disappointing about your writing, and me as well, for that matter, it just occurred to me how much time we've spent, both of us individually, on all this AI crap that's come out <laughs> over the year. I mean, just so think how many, how, it's so much fun, but just think how many hours we've spent on that, both the mid-journey kind of stuff and the AI writing stuff. Uh, that sucked up a lot of time that could have been gone gone into first drafting or or, or editing or things. Uh, so some of it was first drafting, I guess, but uh, or or planning, anyways. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was a weird year. I think it was a weird year for everybody because everybody, uh, you know, the people like Joanna Penn who are a little bit more forward thinking on some of this stuff. You know, they've been fiddling around with the AI for a couple of years now, uh, but the fact that the tools became more readily available and they were just kind of dumped in our lap it was almost like well i've got to take a look at this and and you know think about what this is gonna going to do in the future as far as this writing stuff that we're doing mm -hmm. uh, so yeah i mean i think you, i thought you had a good year really I, I remember in one of my writers club meetings early in the year when people were talking about not having time to write i told them dude yes you do just in the evening if you're just sitting around doing nothing grab a paper, piece of paper grab your laptop whatever and just write a hundred words that's all you do right. write a hundred words write 200 words and it might take you a year it might take you three years but at the end of that three years you'll actually have something to show for it and i did that i did that at the beginning of the year and i was i had the the space opera that i started and i had the the second book in the the, the uh, time travel trilogy that i started and then i got Right. Just like you said, I got into the AI and I was doing that in the evenings and I was just plotting random stuff that I wasn't going to write or just having fun with editing and, and or just spending time. It's going to sound weird, but just talking to the the, the chat GPT. And uh, you're right. I, that did distract me in the evenings from some of the stuff that I wanted to do early on in the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you could just average, like you say, 100, 200, let's say 500 words. You know, for me, 500 words is about a half hour, 45 yep. minutes, maybe at the at the most. Uh, you do that all year long, every day. That's that's a brick of a doorstop at the end of the year. 150,000 plus words. Uh, yeah, but the, the the big. It's just like everything else in, in my life, anyways. It's the idea of discipline and consistency, and yep. I just don't. I don't have that. <laughs> or I have sitting down that. and doing it. Yep. Right. Actually, sitting down and doing, it and not sitting down and doing something else. You're gonna sit down, just do it. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, well, in terms of my 2024 goals, I'm gonna talk about them here, uh, but I'm gonna preface this by saying that these are still a little bit tentative. Uh, these are still, some of them I'm, I'm trying to think through more, uh, and I, I probably won't set them in stone as much as they are set in stone uh, before the end of January, because I, I really wanna be, I want this year to be very clear about what it is I'm trying to accomplish and how I think I'm going to get there. Of course, there'll be adjustments, there'll be changes along the way, things will come up that will derail certain aspects of it. But I, I wanna be a little bit clearer and a little more purposeful or mindful about what's happening. Uh, my word of the year, as I mentioned before on this podcast, is gonna be finish. Um, my overarching goal is to finish things that I start, uh, both, Finish first, finish the things I've already started, and then finish whatever I I start anew in 2024. And 
as much as I hate to say it, I'm going to go ahead and try to use the SMART goal methodology for doing this. Uh, and for those who don't know, SMART is an acronym and it stands for making goals that are specific, measurable, achievable, given the resources that you have in time and money, realistic, which basically means that attaining this goal is actually in your control and you don't really have to rely on some kind of outside force to help it happen. And time bound, which means you're going to put a definite deadline on when it's going to be going to happen. So I'm going to attempt to do that for all the all the planning I do for this year. And I haven't quite gotten that fleshed out for everything I'm going to talk about here in a few minutes. So just kind why of do keep you, that in mind. Why do you hate to say it that you're going to use the smart thingy? Well, because I think I'm setting well, mainly because I think I'm setting myself up for failure because I'm just not this I, I historically I have not been this kind of person. Uh, where I I stick to a plan and stick to right. goals because for lots of reasons, uh, just the way my mind works, but also because uh, psychologically or emotionally, I'm a, I'm a real people pleaser. And I just, you know, I'm 65 years old and I'm still not over that. So if somebody comes to me and they need something, no matter what I'm doing or what I've planned to do, I almost invariably will say yes. I don't say no. And <laughs> yeah. And so that's a big problem with me. Um, you know, and then a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine emailed me maybe six months ago. Um, he's, he's not a close friend, but he's a pretty good friend. And he said, Hey, I'm setting up a new business. I don't remember what it was. He's like, can you make me a website? And it hurt me to say no. It's the first time I've ever said no to anything like that before. And I felt right. so guilty knowing that I could do this thing for him pretty easily. And he's not a computer guy. And now he's gonna have to figure out some way to do it. But I just said, no, I can't do it. And it felt, I felt so bad. Right, and, and that's exactly the way I feel. Uh, you'd think by the time you get to be our age that we would get over that, but you know, yeah. it, it's obviously, obviously goes back into childhood and something that you felt you had to do in childhood to be accepted or get the love you wanted or whatever. And uh, yeah, I just, so that that's gonna be my biggest battle going forward for all these goals is, is to not get myself sidetracked. One of the things I hope to do is to make these goals attainable enough where I won't have to Think about the voting every second of the year in order to to meet the goals uh that i will have some flexibility built into my schedule and built into uh what i do that will allow me to say yes when i feel i really need to say yes but i also hope i get the cojones to uh actually be able to say no at some point <laughs> so my writing goals uh these right now are pretty simplistic i don't have these well fleshed out which is kind of weird you think this would be the first thing i did but it was, i found it a lot easier to to do the other personal and publishing goals than I did the actual writing goals. And that's probably because I'm gonna to have to sit down and actually make these very specific. And I've never really done that before with writing goals. But the one one big writing goal that I have, which I've already kind of mentioned is I wanna finish developed stories I've started. Uh, I want this to be the main thrust of what I do in the first quarter of 2024. And I still have to plan out exactly how it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna do that here in the next week or two. Um, if for no other reason, then it's really important to the publishing goals that I have that I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Um, in general, I'm going to try to devote four, four solid hours to writing. Uh, internet off, phone off. And I'm going to try to do that at least six days a week. So try to get 24 hours in of, of pure first draft writing until a particular story is done. And then I'll have the option of, do I want to roll over and finish another story first draft? Or do I want to first go through and re-edit the one that I just finished? Uh, I haven't quite decided how that should work. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards 
going at least right now for these velas I've currently have going is going back and revising because a lot of these episodes and chapters have been revised a billion times already and it won't really take that much more <laughs> to get them finished and ready for book form so but um, that's one of the things I have to struggle with here in the next week or so to decide what I want to do I also have a secret writing project uh, I'm thinking about doing something really crazy a bit later in the year with a in a completely different genre probably with a different pen name and I'm kind of excited about it really but I'm going to use this as a carrot. I'm not going to allow myself to talk about it or to work on it at all until I finish the velas I already have open. And uh, periodically, you can ask me, how's that secret writing project going? And if I say, if I give you any kind of progress at all, hit me over the head with a cricket bat or something. Because Does periodically mean every week on the podcast or no? I, it might have to be. <laughs> I'm so curious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, publishing business goals. Um, this this is interesting i i looked at what i was able to accomplish uh, unexpectedly this past year and i thought okay i've got this five-year goal of, of a five thousand dollar cat free cash flow at the end of five years um i i def i obviously have to make some improvement in 2024. uh what kind of improvement can i do i think i can make without um too much of a reach it's going to be a reach, but I don't think it'll be too much a reach. So my my main goal is to try to get an average by the end of the year, the last couple months of the year, average about twelve hundred dollars a month in free cash flow, except for wage, you know, not counting wages. Um, this is essentially double of what I was doing as an average for the last five months of twenty twenty three. In the last five months of, of twenty twenty three was really when I was working on Vela and Ernest. The, the beginning part of the year, I was kind of experimenting and trying to figure out what would work and what wouldn't. Uh, if I do this, if I double every year, then I will I will hit that 5,000 uh, per month goal in the fifth year, sometime in 2027. So I'm gonna try to do that every, every year going forward, double what I did the year before. Uh, in order to, do the, to double that uh, average gross revenue per month, I'm gonna have to increase my ROI on marketing expenses, or I'm going to have to reduce overall expenses, or I'm going, well, or and actually, and I'm going to have to increase the amount of IP that I have out there for people to read. Uh, so that's why I, I mentioned how the uh, finishing develops I have is going to, is intimately tied in with these these publishing or financial goals. If I don't finish them, if I don't, if I don't get more episodes out there, and I don't get them packaged up and out in the wider world beyond Vela, then there's no way I'm going to make this goal. So I really have to have to do that and it is an ambitious goal but you know who really knows uh, whether it's how ambitious it is i thought my goals for 2023 were really ambitious when i made them way back in april and then i ended up smashing them so um you know we'll see what you, happens i don't remember because it was about <laughs> 10 minutes ago does the a in smart stand for um attainable or ambitious now i'm starting to wonder about that uh it stands for you see and i don't i don't remember exactly what they are uh <laughs> it is achievable so attainable. Uh, achievable. Yes. I'm, I'm going to call it ambitious for, for your Okay. Story. Okay. <laughs> um, the other thing in terms of publishing uh, business goals is uh, branding. Um, I need to decide, I think, sometime this year, probably by the second quarter of 2024, uh, how I want to brand myself as an author. Uh, I've been reading a lot and listening to podcasts. I listen to a ton of podcasts when I drove up to, to Detroit for Christmas on the future impact of AI on authors and what it's going to mean for the indie publishing industry. And it seems like one thing everybody agrees on that I've read or listened to is that it's going to be essential for an indie author to 
develop an active community around themselves and their writing. Uh, you want people to uh, be the kind of readers who will read anything that you put out and will be waiting for it for it to come out. And the only sure way of doing that, to be assured that you will at some point attract people like that to you, is to have a consistent brand and a consistent message and a consistent uh, persona of who you are in the writing world and what are the kinds of stories you want to tell. Uh, or um, it doesn't have to be a, a single genre either. It just has to be, you know, your style or your approach yeah. to storytelling. You know, you're selling how yourself. You, how you do that. You're, you're Well, yeah, you're selling yourself. But what you're really selling is you're selling your your product, your approach to making the product, I guess, basically. Um, <clears throat> so, so like I say, doing this is going to, developing this consistent brand is going to require a clear persona that uh, the readers can relate to, uh, which kind of, again, goes back into this newsletter idea of, you know, how do you have a consistent hook at the beginning of a newsletter that will draw readers into who you are as a person? Because they're supposedly, and I, I guess it's true because, you know, I, I, I'm latching onto this this uh, weekly tea newsletter just because of the tea. I'm a tea drinker as well as coffee, but uh, I find it really interesting. It tells me something about the person that's actually writing it. Uh, so it gives me a connection with that person. So I need to do something like that, develop some kind of a, of a uh, persona or hook around that. Um, so I'm, I don't really know how to go about doing that. Uh, really, I, there, there's tons of information out there about how to develop your brand, even how to develop your author brand specifically. Uh, there's, you know, Joanna Penn has had people on, on her podcast. Uh, there's, you know, other po uh, publishing and writing podcasts have had people talk about this branding idea. Uh, so I'm going to do some research here in the first quarter of 2024 and try to come to some conclusions by the second quarter about how I'm going to do this, what it's going to be, uh, what kind of things do I have to do in the future in order to make this uh, come to fruition. And the fruition is really another goal that I have under the publishing, which is develop some, start to develop some kind of community uh, by the end of the year. Um, <clears throat> or at least decide uh, where this community is going to be located uh, in the intertubes and how it's going to be managed. There's there's a billion, billion ways in which you could do those, billion combinations. You know, options include things like doing it within social media, either Facebook, TikTok, or something else, but to concentrate on one particular type of social media so that you can gather people in a specific place. Uh, there's subscription sites that are, being, that are developed already and being developed that uh, not only allow you to uh, sign people up for subs subscriptions to your writing, but also to allow you to develop communities around your writing. Wattpad is famous for this. Uh, Ream Stories, which is one I've already signed up for and have started to, to tinker with a little bit, is another one. Uh, I'm curr currently really leaning towards Ream Stories just because I like the functionality that they have relative to Wattpad. Wattpad is still, it's it's basically a fan fiction site, and it's not really uh, set up for serious authors, I would say. Uh, so uh, I don't know where this is going to go. I just know that it's something that I think has to happen. It's something that everybody's seems to think has to happen if you're going to be successful in the author going forward. So 2024 will be a lot of tinkering with that and trying to figure out what I want to do, what I'm comfortable doing, number one, and what I want yeah. to do. And part of the comfortable part is how active do you want to be in your community? Um, people go in two different, well, there's two extremes. There's one where the author runs the community and they're just like in there every day, all day, 
uh, wherever it happens to be, constantly posting and interacting with people. Uh, and there's the other polar extreme to that, which is where the author just kind of drops in now and then, but the community is actually run by the people in the community itself. And that's kind of like an advanced community in my mind anyways, that's, that, that's where you get a, where you're at the point where you have a sufficient mass of people where they feel like they have ownership of the community and they're willing to, to run it themselves. Uh, we'll see what happens with that, but, um, it's just something that that's I think every all of us are going to have to to deal with going in the future. Um, again, I I understand. Uh, I'm sure people out there are thinking this that this is kind of an advanced goal for mm -hmm. for somebody at my stage where I'm still basically in the early startup. But I don't think it really hurts to start thinking about it and try to develop like a pro a pro con analysis to what the different paths might look might look like and how they might fit fit with what you want to do so that that's what i'm going to do in 2024 and then the other thing in terms of publishing i mentioned a couple of times already is to, to move my ip wide beyond vela as i finish these stories the, the thing about the exclusivity clause in vela is that it's not very very uh stringent uh, you once you finish a particular story you have to leave it in there for 30 days before you can move it out uh when you move it out you can still keep it in there you know they don't care so um, as long as, as long as you're not, uh, giving it away for free. Uh, if, if it's, if you're selling it some way behind a subscription paywall or on other uh, retailers, that's fine with them. So as long as that, as long as that holds, I'm going to go ahead and move it wide. Personal goals for 2024 <clears throat> reading. Number one is reading. I, I started this at the beginning of last year and then it just completely fell apart. Um, I love to read. Um, uh, and I, Last half of the year, I read very little at all. Um, and I started a lot of books and got a couple chapters in and just never got back to them because of things that were going on. Uh, this year, I'm going to be try to be a little more mindful about this. Uh, my target right now is to do four books a month, a, a book a week, which I don't think is, is too uh, stren excuse me, strenuous for me. I tend to read an hour or two before bedtime every night. Uh, so I, I can usually get through a book in a couple of days or a week for sure, depending on how big it is. So I'm, I'm kind of mainly looking at 48 to 50 books by the year end. If I hit that target now, I will be really happy. Um, how am I going to do this? Well, again, I do it before bedtime, but also I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to severely cut back on my internet browsing this year. I really, I got to get that monkey off my back. I spend way too much time just surfing news sites and YouTube, although YouTube's been falling off quite a bit. Uh, lately because I've kind of seen everything I want to see yeah. on there unless I have a specific question that I want to answer. Uh, so I got a feeling that if, if I can, if I can kind of give up this internet addiction, uh, I'll get at least an hour or two a day freed up that I don't have right now. Um, th and this, although this is a personal goal, it's also kind of a writing publishing adjacent goal. Uh, I mainly do the re reading for enjoyment. Uh, but, and it'll be a mixture of fiction and nonfiction, depending on my whim at any point in time. But it, it does all play into your writing, either if you're reading a nonfiction book about writing, uh, which I'll mention a couple here in a second, or if you're reading a fiction book, you, know, you can't help it as a writer not uh, kind of analyze what's going on, uh, at least every now and then. Uh, what I find is that if, I, if I'm reading a fiction book and I, I'm analyzing it too often, it means the author didn't do a very good job of keeping me in the story because I do, I am a person that will fall into stories and just get lost in them. So, 
so anyway, so far I, I have started so far in January. I've read uh, Chuck Wendig's uh, new book that came out uh, last year, towards the end of last year, which is Gentle Writing Advice, How to Be a Writer Without Destroying Yourself. It's a nonfiction book. Uh, it's basically a book about how um, don't get caught up in the in the fads and the uh, drumbeat about how you have to publish and how you have to write and how you have to schedule yourself. Uh, figure out what's good for you, basically, and just stick with it and kind of keep your blinders on, stay in your lane. And not only are you going to be more successful in the long run, but your mental and physical health will be a lot better in the long run as well. And that's kind of the, in a nutshell what the book is about. And he, and of course, he talks a little bit about his own personal experiences with mental illness and, and physical illness and stuff and how that's affected his career over time in both good and bad ways. Uh, currently, I've, I'm reading uh, Padre Gautama's in the shelter, finding a home in the world. I started this last year, and that's one of the books that, I, that just, you know, fell into a crack of a sofa and just never got back to. Uh, so I, uh, but I enjoyed it when I started it. So I, I went back to the beginning and started it again. It's a nonfiction book that's basically revolves around theology and philosophy, uh, and and how we as individuals find our place in the world and find what we consider to be home. And there's a huge dose of poetry sprinkled in throughout it because he is a poet, an Irish poet. Uh, so it's it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty, what's really interesting is as a, as a genre reader and a genre writer, it's really interesting how he writes because it's, it's much more literary and much more uh, complicated, I guess, in a way, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's no such thing as a short pithy sentence in this book, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm also currently reading uh, Tracy Cooper Posey's relatively new book, I think came out last year as well, called The Productive Indie Fiction Writer, Strategies for Writing More, Earning More, and Living Well. Uh, I, I don't really have anything I can say about this book uh, other than it was highly uh, recommended by Joanna Penn, I believe it was. Um, it's nonfiction, obviously, and uh, you know the title is pretty, pretty explanatory. She, Her whole thing is about how do you write write better, faster, uh, without killing yourself again in the kind of the Chuck Wendig kind of a frame. Uh, she's a currently dealing with cancer herself. So she's very, you know, kind of, uh, in tune with the idea that you just can't push yourself endlessly and expect to, to get things done because you will eventually crash and burn out. Yeah. One of the things I'm trying, I'm, I'm considering doing with this reading goal is actually recording short book reviews. I don't exactly know what that would look like. I don't want to write a book review. I find writing book reviews hard, uh, but I think I could sit in front of this microphone and camera and just open a book and kind of leaf through it and talk about what I remember from the book and how it struck me and what I, you know, any, if I recommend people read it or don't read it and, and why. I'm, I may try a few of those and see how they go just to, as an experiment coming up. Um, the other personal goal I have is, is health related. Uh, one thing that 2023 taught me is that, uh, your health is often beyond your control, especially as we age. Uh, but there's some things that I can control. Uh, one of them is exercise. And as long as I'm not, um, seriously ill, uh, I want to get on a schedule of exercising at the gym three days a week, uh, and maybe walking for an hour, the other four days a week, uh, depending on whether it might be outside, which I, we really prefer or to uh, walk on a treadmill at the gym, but just to get something, get my body moving every single day. At 65 years old, I'm in good shape for 65 uh, physically uh, in terms of strength and um, balance and things like that. But, you know, it's all downhill from here. If you, and, and the downhill is just faster if you don't do anything about it. So I'm going to uh, 
I'm going to try to work on that. Uh, eating, eating healthy. Uh, Tammy and I, we're already down, really down to two meals a day. So we're not overeating. We have a snack at tea time. Uh, but my focus here, uh, since I do all the cooking in the house, is going to be to try to reduce the fat and sugar in our diet and to increase the protein, which is really important, especially as you get older as well. Um, the problem with this is it's not a great thing to set a goal for because there's nothing really, it's hard to measure a progress here. Uh, the only thing you can really do, and I'm going to think about this coming week, whether I really want to take this on, is you could actually measure your intake of, you know, fats, sugars, protein, right. carbohydrates. Um, I'm not sure I want to do that. I have That's done a lot that of work. Yeah. It is a lot of work. And I'm not sure I really want to do that. Uh, but I may have to do it if I want this to get a measurable goal out of this. Uh, and I guess there will be a measurable goal for exercise and eating together because there's this weight loss idea. And I guess uh, like I've lost 10 pounds in 2023 and that's even with being sick and laid up for about six or eight months. Uh, so my goal for 2024 is gonna be to lose 20 pounds by the end of the year. So, you know, a little bit over a pound a, a, a month, a pound and a half or so. Um, that'll get me down to about 200 pounds, which is about 10 pounds above my college weight when I was really in top tip top shape. So if I can do that, I'll be extremely happy. And then the last one, personal goal for, well, it's not quite the last one, but gardening. And this is a tricky one. As, as I'm, again, I'm not sure what constitutes a measurable goal in gardening. Uh, I'll give that some more thought over the week. But for now, I've said it this way. I've got a little orchard out back. I plant, and I mean little when I say little. I planted two peach trees and two plum trees in spring of 2023. They barely survived the summer. I mean, they looked sad the whole stuff because we had such you know, eight or nine weeks of 100 degree plus weather. But at the moment, they look like they're going to be alive next year. They're, they've got buds on them. Assuming they uh, survive this freeze that we have coming, where we're going to be like 23, 24 degrees for a couple nights, um, they should uh, live to uh, to bloom next year. Uh, I'd like to expand that orchard a little bit, add some citrus trees, maybe a fig tree. We can't really grow apples and pears down here. There are a couple varieties that will set fruit down here, but we just don't have enough to, uh, cold degree days for for us to do those kinds of, of, of fruits. So, but I'd like to double the size of the orchard I have to eight trees and we'll see see what happens. I, I haven't quite determined yet what they will be. Uh, vegetable garden. Uh, last year, I talked a lot about gardening in pots that we were doing out on the driveway. That worked really well in the spring. It did not work well at all during the crashing heat of the summer. Uh, so this year I'm gonna plant all the vegetables, my vegetables, tomatoes, cucumbers, eggplants, beans, corn, mustard greens, anything else I can think of out in the back 40 where the chickens currently run. I'm going to kind of uh, wall or net that off an area back there where I can put the garden in. We used to have a big garden back there. Um, and, you know, my son got older. He was playing baseball and, and football and stuff, and it just didn't have any time to, to keep up with it. But I think I'm going to try to get that garden going again this year uh, and get it growing. Uh, part of the impetus for this or motivation for this is to have some kind of fresh grown veggies on our table uh, every day throughout the growing year that will kind of feed back into this <clears throat> healthy eating and weight loss idea. Um, and I'll probably start most, if not all of these uh, vegetables uh, from seeds indoors. In fact, I've already started a bunch of tomato and uh, eggplants because it'll take a good six or eight weeks before they're ready to put out. Um, and then the landscape planning that I started on this past year, which I also talked endlessly about, uh, I'm going to continue with that, continue planting up the beds that I have out front and near the house in the back. And I'm, 
concentrating mainly on perennials and self-seeding annuals. So you don't really have to put a lot of maintenance work into it once they're planted. A lot of those will probably come from a local nursery. So all I'll have to do is pluck them in the ground. So that should be easy. Now, uh, how to get the goals that, how to make things measurable in this, that's one of the things I'm gonna struggle with coming up. And then the very last thing personal is uh, woodworking. I really haven't done much woodworking uh, recently in the last four or five months. I'd like to get back to it. Uh, I'll think about what I want to accomplish in the coming year. And now I'll, I'll give you some updates uh, before the end of the month. Great. So yeah, those are my 2024 goals. There's a lot there, a lot of personal stuff and uh, a lot of business publishing stuff. The writing stuff, which is the most important, I got to flesh that out because I, that yeah. that's going to drive a lot of everything else that goes on here. Uh, well, for my 2024 goals, I fleshed it out. Um, I sat about two weeks ago when I kind of came up with this idea and just said, how am I going to do this? So I have one writing goal for next year and that's it, just one. And that, that is just words. Um, I'm not going to worry about how many books I'm going to write, how many books I'm going to publish. I'm not going to worry about where these words go, uh, how many books, you know, how many books these words make. I, I don't care. I, I just have a number and that number is 240,000. I'm going to try to write 240,000 words this year. Um, I, I do have kind of a, plan of what I want them to be, but I'm not aiming for anything. I just want to write 240,000 words. Um, it could so, be good. This raises the question. How did you come up with that number? Um, yeah, I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because, okay. because I came to that number by what do I want to, you know, what, what books do I want to write? But then I decided after that, that I don't care what books I write. I'm going to stick with that number. So I, okay. I think I talked about it two weeks ago with you on this podcast where I opened up uh, ChatGPT one night and I, I fed ChatGPT everything about Sam, the Sam Norris book series, book one and what I've written for book two, all of the characters, all of the locations, the backstories, everything that I had. And I said, now plot for me books three through eight. And uh I told it that I wanted book seven to be serial killer related. And I wanted book eight to be the, the book where Sam wraps up his whole family mystery. I wanted two books to be out of uh, his home uh, city. And I want two books to be in his home city. I want the books to all talk to each other. For example, uh, serial killer book is book seven. I want three, four, five, and six to all make some kind of a reference that leads to book seven. I want a couple of the books to make references that lead to book eight. Like I want them to look back if I have to. I want all this stuff done. And I said, and I want these books to be 40,000 words each in first draft form. So 40,000 words times six is 240,000. So that's where I came up with that number. And then once I came up with that number, I kind of said, you know what? I don't care how many books I write. I just want to write first draft words. So if I write three 80,000 word books, great. If I write, um, you know, maybe I write three first draft, book, uh, first draft books that are 40,000 each in this series. And then I flip over and I write two uh, the last two in the, the novella trilogy that are about 25,000 each. I don't care. I just want to write 240 because when I get 240,000 words done, I'll have some books. Um, right. But I don't want to well, like anything. I like this goal and I like this number. Uh, and for these reasons, number one, you've got a full-time job, right? So it's not like you're going to be able to devote 2000 hours during the year, which is, is the kind of quote unquote standard work year um, to writing. But let's say you're going to be serious about it and you devote one quarter of that time to writing books, 500 words or 500 hours. Uh, you're basically talking about a little bit less than 500 words an hour that you're writing in order yeah. to reach this goal, which is eminently doable. 
Um, well, you know, 240,000 sounds like this big giant number, but when you break it down, like I did, it's actually not, it, it's right. no different than what I write now when I write first draft words, which is, right. which is good. So, so now that I, I, I have one goal. Now what I did was I kind of asked myself, how am I going to do this? So I have some answers here. Number one, I have zero publishing goals. I'm not making one single publishing goal for this year. All I want to do is write these first drafts. Now I will say I'm working on book two in the series. I do want to publish it sometime this year, but I don't have to finish it anytime soon. If I decide I want to start writing these first draft words tomorrow and I'll edit whenever I feel like it. And then maybe six months from now I'm done editing and I'm ready to pub uh, get it to the editor. Then I'll do that. I'm, I'm, I'm making no publishing goals this year. I'm also making no editing goals this year. The goal is to write 240,000 first draft words. That's all I'm writing. Now, don't get me wrong. I want them to be better than what I've written in the past. And in fact, as I'm going through the Story Grid Guild, I hope to see a noticeable um, increase in the quality of those words um, as I'm going. But again, no editing. Now, don't get me wrong. I will get these edited when I'm ready before I publish them. I'm not just going to write them and then throw them out there. I will go through the same process of, of a professional book cover, professional editor that I've always gone through. Grammarly, uh, my revisions, everything I've gone through, I will do that absolutely. But again, for this year, it's literally just write words. So since you are in this StoryGrids class, are you going to include the words that you have to write for that into this yes. 240,000 word goal? Okay. Now there won't be very many. I mean, we're talking about writing a scene and possibly writing a novella late in the year. And I'm not even sure if that's, I think that might be after your third semester, which is 2025. So oh, okay. there won't be very many that are that are gonna take anything up here, but I will count okay. those absolutely. Any first draft words I write that is something that I could in fact edit and publish in the future is what I will count. Okay. Um, Established writing times. This is always something I talk about every year, uh, uh, work out a schedule. Uh, I am going back to two days a week starting February 1st. So I'm going to explore how I can do this successfully. So for example, um, when I was working my previous job and I worked five days a week in the office, I was doing 90 minute lunches four days a week, four out of the five days a week. And I loved that. I could get about 12 to 1500 words done in that 90 minutes, including you know getting to where I was going, eating my lunch. It's about 15, 20 minutes to order and eat lunch. So I had about an hour to an hour and 10 to write this. So I can write about 1200 words an hour. So, so that worked out really well. Uh, I'm going to stick with the, um, the, the no writing Mondays and, uh, what I'm probably going to do now, we, we haven't been told yet what our second day in the office is going to be, but from what I've heard, uh, we're going to be able to pick our second day. So I'm going to pick most likely Tuesdays because I golf in Cleveland anyway during the summer. So if I can drive to work in the morning and then drive over to the golf course and then drive home, and that's only, that's, that, that means I'm making one additional trip to Cleveland when I'm not golfing during the summer, but it's the same when I'm golfing in the summer, two trips to Cleveland, like I've been doing. So that'll help a lot when it terms to like gas and time and just all those things right. uh, on Wednesdays. I want to explore that 5am thing again, except for one problem that was dead before it started last time. But what I could do is do a 6am thing because right now I get up at like 615 anyway. So why not do a 6am thing and change my work schedule from seven to four to eight to four thirty with a half an hour lunch. That gives me an hour and a half, not counting, you know, showering and getting ready for work. That still gives me an hour and a half or so to write, um, again, 12 to 1500 words. So we're at, we're at now Monday, no writing Tuesday in the office, uh, hour at lunch, hour, 90 minute lunch, Wednesday, get up in the morning, Thursday, um, back in the office, 90 minute lunch. And then Fridays right now, I don't have anything planned on Fridays. I'm leaving that one blank also. So right now during the week, we're just three days, but, um, you know, throughout the year, 
every now and then I would just go somewhere and write on a Friday. It didn't happen very often, but it did happen. But what I did do was take a lot of half day vacation days on Fridays where I would mm-hmm. then go stop my, uh, go somewhere um, um, after I would, I would work seven to 11 and then go somewhere for lunch and then write for a couple hours. So that could happen, but I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not counting that right now. I'm only counting those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday days. And then um, Saturday and Sunday, you know, I have a, my normal, you know, if it's in the summer and I'm golfing, I'll, I write in the afternoon. And if it's in the winter, then I write in the mornings. And the only real hitch there is when I'm golf that there's about a six week overlap where I golf in the morning on Sunday, then come home and watch NFL football with no writing at all. Mm-hmm. So I also counted that in. So that gives me five writing sessions a week. Uh, all of them are now more than an hour. There's a lot of flexibility built into this. I've decided that on the Thursdays, and I've cleared this already with the boss, on the Thursdays where I have my writing club, my writer's club, I'm going to go into the office on Monday instead. And now that opens up a 90-minute lunch on Monday, and I can still do the Thursday 6 a.m. thing if I want to and, and get words. So there's there's more words. And these are all things that I can do. I've done in the past, and I can continue to do in the future. Right. Um and so that's kind of what I've what I've gotten in terms of my my writing. Now the next question is, how am I going to keep track of this? Well, that there's where the Excel writing schedule comes back into play. Um, I've already created the entire thing. Uh, what I did was I set it up to start March fourth, which is the the we go back to work two days a week in February, like February fifth, I think it is that week, and then March fourth, I figured that'll give me an extra six weeks or so from now, maybe seven weeks from now to go ahead and get as much done on book two as I can and hopefully get it finished. I, I don't know if it'll be finished by then, but I kind of decided I don't have to start March 4th. I can start tomorrow if I want to, uh, again, no pressure on publishing uh, book two. So I did schedule it for March 4th. I have this Excel writing schedule. I'm going to try to share whether it be a screenshot or something so you guys can see what I'm looking at, but I have a, you know, you know me, I love creating a cells. I have a Google document. It's a Google spreadsheet actually where I have the date and I have every day through the end of the year, all the way through December 31st in here as, as a row. Uh, I have the day of the week and I've colored Saturdays, Sundays and, and, um, and holidays orange. So I can just look and see that I know I'm coming up on an orange day, which means it's a day that I'm not going into work. Uh, I've marked the, uh, the week number I've marked. I have a note section that shows me, is this an office day? Is this a day I'm getting up at 6 AM? Is this a day that I have my writer's club? Is this a day that I have my golf league so that I can easily look at this, um, and then I have a, a duration section where I can fill in the amount of time that I spent because I'm interested in stats. You know me, I love stats. Right. So by filling in the duration and the actual word count for that day, I can do a whole lot of math and I can figure out how many words I'm writing per hour, which is something I'm always interested in. I also have a column that I estimated the word count. So what I did is I went in and I, based on the schedule that I just gave you, again, Mondays and Fridays, nothing. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 1200. Saturday, Sunday, 1500. I went into days where there are holidays that I'm off work and I put a 1500, except for Thanksgiving and, and Black Friday. I didn't write it all last year. So I put, I, I left zero in there. Um, Christmas, I left zero in there. Um, you know, I tried to, you know, the, when I go to Vegas in September, I put zeros in there because I didn't write during that time. So I tried to be as realistic as possible when I did this. And when I filled out the entire schedule for, for the year, it came up with 282,900 words that if I followed this schedule. Yeah. So now I've given myself a 43,000 word buffer where if for some reason I don't write one day, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm shooting for 240. Um, I have a running total in this thing to keep me updated on how, how, how I'm doing. I also have a plus or minus that is a, 
it'll go for the whole year. So for the first day I have 1200 in here and I only write 2000 or I only write a thousand, it's going to tell me minus 200. But if the next day I write 1500, now I'm at plus 100. I'm going to keep that plus minus going for the entire year just to see how I do. And then I have, again, I have the calculations where I have minutes per day. How many minutes per day do I write? How many words per day do I get? And how many words per hour do I get? And then I have a couple of notes sections that'll, that'll, I can fill in that says, this is the book that I worked on. Maybe here's where I wrote. Here's how it went. Here's something that happened why I didn't write. Just to keep up you know, daily with how I'm doing. Um, right. This worked really, really well for me when I did it. Um, when I did it to write the first draft of book two, I followed it. I always filled it in. And it's because I think I look forward to filling in the numbers and seeing the calculations. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I have it starting March 4th. But there's a chance I start before that. Uh, we'll see. But uh, and I'm gonna try. I don't. I don't necessarily want to put this up online because I don't need you people knowing when I'm not home. Um, the last thing I need <laughs> is a burglar or a reason to break into my house. But I'm gonna try to figure out a way to put this up online for anybody who wants to click the link and take a look at it. Maybe download it if you want to use it yourself. Um, I can certainly do something like that. So um, I'm and excited. There are, <laughs> and there are similar tools out there. I think, in fact, mm -hmm. if you look in the files of the 20 books. Uh, uh, Facebook, uh, group, uh, there's, there's, uh, a couple of people have dropped Excel spreadsheets in there, uh, that do that kind of thing. You'll actually have graphs to show you how you are relative to your goals and that oh, kind of thing. I didn't think of that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I am going to use this religiously as I go and just to see this will, this will certainly help me with the, um, the 240,000, because now I can see daily what I'm doing. It'll give me numbers to shoot for. And it just reminds me of like everything I've ever done before that I kept track of. Whenever I was doing weight loss stuff, if I kept track of it, I lost weight. Um, you know, mm -hmm. my, my banking, yeah. my bills, I have an amazing Excel spreadsheet that I use right now that has so many calculations on it that I look, I get paid Saturday this, this week. I can't wait to get paid just so I can put all the numbers in there and see what the, right. what the new numbers look like. So, um, yeah. I, I'm very confident this will work and I'm excited. I'm excited to see the progress of the year and I'm excited to see how it goes again. I, I'm, I'm not going to nail myself down to, I'm going to write these six books. That's the plan going in. I'm going to write six books, first drafts, 40,000 words each in the Sam Norris series. And then if I have time, if I have words left over at the end of the year, I'm going to then flip over to the, um, the two uh, prequel novellas, books two and three in the time travel series and, and do those. But that's only if I have time. Um, right. Yeah. I'm so are you going to, uh, since you have the spreadsheet, do you obviously you, you know what you would expect to be at? Well, you're going to do a daily balance, basically. So you know whether you're ahead or behind on at the end of every day. So you don't have yeah. to do it like yeah. month, monthly or weekly or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Makes It'll sense. give me every day where I'm at for the whole year, not for like the week right. or whatever, for the whole year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I'm excited about this. Um, okay. So a couple of things are going to have to happen, though. For, well, go ahead. Let, let, me, let me just mention something that show you how my mind works is I could just imagine myself using this working like a, like a madman for a month or two, getting thousands of words ahead and then don't do anything for weeks on end <laughs> because I'm I mean, ahead. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, you know, if I'm ahead and somebody says, Hey Jerry, you want to go to the casino tonight? And I'm like, I was going to write, but I'm ahead. I got, or, or even it'll only put me behind a hundred words. I'll catch up tomorrow. That could happen. Yeah. But hopefully by building in the, the extra 43,000 words, um, I can still get to 240 pretty easy. I actually think I'll get there way ahead of time. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So some things need to happen for this. Uh, number one, I need to outline really well. Uh, 
this is an interesting one because I am not a, a pantser by any stretch of the imagination. I need a plot. Now, now when I start writing, I will go off the plot and begin to pants, but at least I have something to get to in the plot. And then I can always change up the plot if I need to, but I really do need to plot really well. Um, over the next month, maybe two months, I'm going to do my best to, to outline um, all eight, of, all, all six of these Sam Norris stories. I'm, I'm, I'm about halfway through one right now with a, a pretty cons uh, uh, detailed plot for the first five chapters and i have a prologue in there too um and then what i'm going to do is once the six plots are done i'm going to make sure they all connect to each other in the way that i want them to uh and i have a really fun idea for book three in the series that'll connect to book eight and potentially book seven also so um think of it in terms of like lost not in the ending i know people hate the ending i actually like the <laughs> end of lost but but i there was a I, the one that i always think of is there's an episode of lost where uh we're, we're with i believe Jin and Oh, was it son? I think her name was. And we're we're in their house, and on behind them on the TV, you see Hurley when he wins the lottery. So like that was just the way that 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 one plot line connected to that other plot line. I'm thinking of doing things like that. Uh, it doesn't have to be explicit or huge or anything like that. But I'm thinking of these little things that I can add into these books. These little seeds I can put in that eventually lead to uh, book seven. So that people read book seven, they might think, oh yeah, I saw that a couple of books ago. You know that kind of. That's all I'm really looking for. Right. These, right. Plots. Uh, what books will I be writing? Again, I don't know what books I'm going to write yet. I'm going to start out with Sam Norris book three in the series. But again, if I, after book three, if I want to flip over to, to the, my A-team space, um, my, my A-team space uh, opera, I may do that. I have no idea. I just know where I'm going to start and then I'll just take from there. Again, the goal, 240,000 words. That's the goal. Um, what, what, when will I edit and publish? I, I have no idea when I'm going to edit and publish. All I know is I'm going to get to 240 and then I'm going to decide what do I want to do? Do I want to continue on and get to you know 282 if I can, or do I want to start editing book three? Um, or, or do I, I don't know. I, again, no goals here. Uh, it's just a matter of it's going to happen. I just don't know what my hope is that by the end of the year, I have six books and next year I can start publishing them you know, every six months, every three months, what, I don't care, whatever it is, I'm hoping to be able to do something like that. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, that's my goal. It's just that, uh, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. But uh, all I care about right now are getting the words down. One of the things that's nice about this, uh, uh, assuming you manage to stick to it, is that um, you're, you're focusing just on the writing in a way that may allow you to get the most joy out of what you're doing, you know, and, because you're not trying to actually package something together. You're just trying to, to craft the words and craft the story. And knowing that, you know, once you've got it down in first draft form, you know, all that other stuff can be done later. And, right. uh, you know, one of the things they say that, uh, quote unquote, they say um, <clears throat> about indie authors and especially about uh, newer authors is that they get too caught up in all this other stuff that's involved with publishing when they really just don't have enough intellectual property yet to really worry about it. And mm -hmm. it sounds like at the end of this year, you may have enough intellectual property to basically do whatever you want. You're going to essentially have a backlist uh, once it I'm gets all finished, for, yeah. finished and out. Yeah. So that's really what led to this idea is that I look at it and go, boy, it's been, I've been writing since 2017. I have, you know, four books up there. One of them's a novella and I have a short story that's not up on Amazon. Um, so I have five books that I've finished and I feel like I should not a, no, I don't feel like I should have more than that. I just would like to have more than that. Right. Um, right. So I think this is a way to like get a whole bunch of uh, stories written quickly, 
but not but not like overtaxing myself or or not enjoying it because like you said i'm just writing first drafts that's all i'm that's right. all i care about right now so right, right. Yeah. all right so i have some non-writing but still author related goals um number one is the story bible for this series uh like i said earlier i have begin i've started to get all that stuff into this one scrivener file i want um i want all six books i want all eight books in there eventually um i'm plotting in there right now so i have a, a a folder called future books and i have books three through eight in there with the story ideas that i've, I've worked with ChatGPT on and now i'm working through and fleshing out um on book three so i'm expanding you know i've got 10 chapters and i'm expanding each chapter uh from there and that's something i'm doing in the evenings just over time here and there uh, i i have a, set, a folder called story bible when you open that up you see like list of south plainfield factory workers and that's from book one list of main characters which is from all the books list of police savannah police officers that i've mentioned you know i want to have you know a bunch of files in there that i can just refer to regardless of whatever book i'm in if i need to refer back to it so i have locations in there and and all that good stuff in there so uh, that's good too. So that's something I'm working on slowly. Uh, right now I'm in the process of copying book one in there, one chapter at a time and formatting it like I, like I like, like I like, and that way I'll have books one and two in there and then I'll be working on book three in there once I'm ready to start book three. Um, let's see, Patreon. So I want to talk about our Patreon a little bit here and this is kind of, uh, we're, we're kind of, I'm going to just spit, spitball a few ideas to you. And, I, okay. and you just kind of let me know what you think. And there's really, I, well, let me, let me put it this way. I'm going to spitball no ideas to you. What I'm <laughs> saying is I just want to discuss it. I, I want to mention it in each podcast. I, I don't really have any ideas for content up there. I don't know if we necessarily need any. Um, what I'm going to do every every time, and, it, and, and believe me, if you have ideas for content and we want to talk about it and do stuff, I'm happy. But I would like to try to get some fans, just people who like listening to the podcast, to just go support us a dollar a month or five dollars a month, whatever they want. Um, it's fine. And and then when we do put some stuff up there, if we do, I'm not even saying we will. If we do, then great, they get that extra content. And if we don't, it's just nice to know that there will be people that who who just want to go support us because they get this podcast for free every week. And sometimes we do these extra bonus things that I thought this was going to be our shortest episode. And now this is turning out to be a really long one, uh, yeah. which is nice, but it's free. We're not charging anything. But if you're a fan, you know, the, the 372 pages po uh, podcast is free, but I love mystery science theater and I love riff tracks. Those people have given me so much enjoyment since 1997 that I feel happy to go over and support them at five bucks a month when I, the only thing I get out of it is the podcast a week earlier. Who cares? I can, I can right, wait a week right. on it. It's no big deal. So I'm hoping right. that maybe if we, we mention it enough on this podcast, we can get people who are fans to go over and say, yeah, I'll support you guys for a dollar a month. It's a dollar a month. Who cares? And I get enough entertainment out of you guys or information or whatever to say, yeah, that's worth that dollar. So that's, I, I I'm going to mention, I'm going to start mentioning at the beginning and the end of every podcast that we do. Um, and then if we have ideas, if you and I decide one day, Hey, we can do this real quick. Let's just do it and throw it up there. So, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think the key probably is to have some content, uh, related to the podcast or related to what we're doing either personally or professionally in terms of the writing and to have, you know, even a little short five or 10 minute things up there that people will, that we just don't talk about in the normal podcast, right. but we mentioned if you want, if you, if you're interested in this. Go over to the Patreon, and it be it could be there for free. But the, the key, I think, the way Patreon and well, the way anything works, is you got to get people going to it mm -hmm. to see what's there, and eventually, if they feel like they're you know, in Paul Teague's words, you know, getting value out of it, then they'll they'll eventually yeah want to support you uh, to some extent. 
So yeah, yeah I, I, I would I would argue that we don't necessarily need to put content up there. I understand what you're saying about getting content to, to give them something extra to look at. Mm -hmm. But I kind of hope that for some people, the extra is just that they enjoy the podcast and want to support us. Yeah, there, there is that. There is going to be some fraction of people where that will be true, mm -hmm. probably. Uh, but it never hurts to have sure. to say, you know, go over, go over here to this website and there's a candy bar waiting for you. You know, You're right. And, Which and I would go. You know, and, absolutely. Yeah. And, and they go over there just to look. And the thing is, if you get them used to just going over there to look, eventually they go over there to look on their own. And they, you don't have to direct them over there. So, yeah, but, I, 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 one of the things I was thinking about when I talked about briefly mentioned this idea of maybe doing short book reviews and stuff is that that would be something we could throw up there or it'd be low cost. And, you know, if people are interested in a particular book I mentioned, I won't go into any detail about what it, what it is. Uh, they can go over and get a, you know, a more, more in-depth review and decide whether or not they want to, you know, check that out for themselves. I assume people that are listening to this podcast are writers and writers are all readers. So you know, people should be interested in that kind of thing. But, but I would say that, um, and we also don't have to like sit down and schedule content together. If you want to no. throw something up there, if I want to throw something, exactly. there, we absolutely can do that. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think it's probably better if we think along those lines that we just, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll may do something together at some point, uh, along the way, a couple, you know, a number of different times, but when we ourselves have a, have a, you know, a brain fart and decide, oh, this sounds really good. Just to be able to jump on our computers record, you know, a, a few minute video and be, be able to upload that. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing that will actually generate things over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so next I have my author Facebook posting. Um, I want to be a little more consistent with that. Although I think I did pretty well this year. It's hard to post every day on Facebook. Uh, it really is uh, something interesting. Um, so over the past eight months or so, I gained about 35 followers. So I'm going to set a goal. Again, this goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's hard to set a goal on some of these things, a number on some of these things. So I'm just going to throw a number out and say 40. I'm currently at 220. Let's see if I can get to 260 by the end of next year. I think it's doable. Um, although a lot of the new followers I had are probably people who know me. And I'm, I'm kind of, I've, ran, I've run out of those people. So getting 40 people who don't know me to come follow is going to be a little tougher. But that's the number I'll throw out. I have no plan right now other than to try to do what I'm doing. I do this kind of, uh, actually, I wrote this here without talking to you first. This kind of goes back. I feel like I need some kind of a theme, which was similar to what you were talking about with the, the, um, the weekly tea earlier. Mm -hmm. But if I could mm -hmm. come up with some kind of theme, I don't know what that is. Does it have to be something that uh, I, I wrote in here? I want to attract the kind of people who will buy my books. So basically two categories, uh, my friends and family, which I have covered pretty well. And then a lar the larger group would be people who like murder mystery, true crime, maybe time travel, science fiction. But what you were saying earlier is maybe I don't need to do that. Maybe I just need to find a, a common theme that I stick to that can be entertaining. And maybe those people that come to your page because they're entertained will eventually buy your book. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's at least one approach. You know, again, there's a million different approaches you can make. Mm -hmm. uh, but the important thing is not only that they're entertained, but that you're entertained by doing yes. it. Yeah. Because that's the only, again, the only way you're going to keep up with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I put on here for our new, new author podcast, YouTube channel that I'd like to get a hundred new subscribers. We're actually at 20 now we're gaining them 
consistently, slowly consistently, but we are gaining them, uh, which is nice. Um, but other than posting consistently, I'm not sure what else you do to gain followers on YouTube. I might do a little bit of searching here and there just to see if, you know, there's a lot of videos on YouTube from people who talk about how they did it on YouTube. I may watch some of right. those. We'll right. see. Um, but I'm going to throw a hundred up there. I think it's easier to get people to subscribe on YouTube than it is to get podcast listeners to subscribe to your podcast or, or consistently download your podcast. But, uh, so I'm going to shoot for a hundred. It's a small number in the YouTube world, but I think it's an attainable number that I'm, I do like watching that number go up, which is kind of sure. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, get through the first year of my story grid guild successfully. What does successfully mean? I have no idea. I'll let you know as soon as I know. Um, it started this week and my first assignment is just to uh, write on a five by four grid different, uh, the left column being uh, different types of uh, story things like how good are you at emotion or description? How good are you at action scenes? And then you just, you give your strengths, your weaknesses, <laughs> Uh, what you'd like it to be, and I forget what the oh your obstacles that are in the way. I filled that out, you know. Yeah, I, I finished assignment one. I still have to read a couple <laughs> chapters of that book because we're going to talk about chapter three, as I said earlier. And and uh, I'm on. I've got chapter one finished right now. It's really long. Um, so I don't know what success means other than just finishing it. I think it's probably good. Um, I do, like I said earlier, I do hope to see my first draft words being better because the one thing that slows me down with writing is my first revision that always takes me three times as long four times as long as the first draft i would like my first draft words to be better so that it, that first revision takes less time and again i don't know how right. to measure that but we'll, we'll right. see i think that's something i'll just notice as i'm going well I'll tell you, you know universally across all kinds of endeavors they say 95 percent of it of uh success is is just dogged persistence so as yeah. long as you as long as you keep at it and you keep doing it uh that'll be a success yeah. mm -hmm. uh non-writing goals i'd like to stay a single digit handicap in my golf league for the past 12 13 years of me being in that league i started out at around 12 11 i would get down to 10 maybe i'd get down to nine and then I'd go right back up to 10 the following week last year i was pretty consistent with nine i did hit 10 and 11 a couple of times i'd like to stay single digits this year and i actually like to end the year seven or lower i don't think i've ever been a seven in that league even for one week but the way i was hitting the ball last year i feel like i can get there so you know we'll see um i'd like to continue to get off tee better when i'm golfing and uh, it just keep the improving like I have, but I think my second shot is the thing I'm going to work on this year. Uh, my tee shot got better as the year went on. My short game was pretty good. I need to make sure my second shot gets into a position to make my short game, uh, uh well, to make it so that I can use my short game, which has been better. Um, those are the type of things that'll get me low in terms of, uh, of what I've been the last couple of years. Uh, at the end of the year, my index and was 16.6. You take the index, you apply uh, some numbers at the course and that tells you what your handicap is. So the index is really the most important number. Um, I ended the year at 16.6, which is pretty good for me. Um, last year I was around this same number, but since I was working on my tee shot, I was really bad off the tee the first three or four months that index shot up pretty high. But by the end of the year, I pulled it back down next year. I want to start the year at 16.6 and I want to lower it as the year mm -hmm. goes on. And then I want to end the year lower. So if I end the year at 16.59, it was a success. I just want to end the year lower this year or next year than I was this year. Uh, I want to break 80 at least once. I want to shoot in the 70s at least once because 
I, I never have. I yeah, because who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the next goal I have is uh, speaking of who doesn't. I just put for fun on here. I put hole in one because every time I walk up to the tee on a par three, the goal is to hit it in the hole. Um, I've been close a few times. Uh, this is something that a lot of people don't get to accomplish at all. I'd like to do it at least once, and this will be a goal until I do it for the rest of my life. Um, stepping up on the golf course. You I need, have a uh, golf. You need you need somebody like Tugger Woods always has following around yelling, get in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those people so much. Um, uh, in terms of, I have a golf simulator behind me. There's a window behind me right here. Behind that, there's a golf simulator out there. There's a building. That building has four walls, but it has a big empty spot where a door should be. And that, that keeps it pretty cold in there in the winter. Um, so what I want to do this year is I want to get a door put onto it. And that way I can close the door and keep the wind out. It'll still be cold in there. Uh, and there's also no, uh, drywall. It's just a, a frame on the inside. Um, I'd like to get some drywall put up. I'm going to do it myself because why not? I've never done drywall, drywall before. It doesn't look that hard. Um, everybody seems to hate it for some reason. So apparently it's probably harder than I think, but what I'd like to do is get three of the four walls insulated drywalls. I'm not going to put four on there cause I'm going to do it. There's no way I could sit down on a Saturday. I'm going to drywall the whole thing. It's just not going to happen. It's going to have mm. to be a slow process where I buy two pieces of drywall next weekend and put them up. And then three weeks from there, I get another one and put it up. And then by the end of the year, it's done. So I'm going to put a goal to get three of the four walls insulated. And the reason I say three of the four walls is because the guy who built it, the fourth wall is not good. Um, the way he built it, the frame isn't exactly sticking out so that I can stick drywall on it. It's weird. So I may have to hmm. do a little bit of work on that. Yeah, it, the guy I had built it, he's the nicest guy in the world. Didn't really know what he was doing. I mean, he knew what he was doing enough to build me a nice building that really gets the job done. But, you know, mm -hmm. my dad would probably walk in there and curse every this guy's name. And everything. <laughs> so um, so I'm going to put three of the four walls. And then finally, I want to get my basement steps fixed. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to do this myself. I will pay someone to do this. Uh, you can walk down the steps. But as you get near the landing before you turn the corner to go down the last step, it's all broke. Anytime anybody comes in, the furnace guy, the cable guys, I have to walk down first and be like, step here when you get to the landing. If not, you'll fall. So I really want to get those fixed um, sometime this year. Is this like a tread you mean is broken or? No, the, the, the there's a, the landing itself. Um, oh, at oh, the bottom okay. of the steps. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and then finally, the financial goals I have, uh, I, I want to complete step three of the Dave Ramsey plan, which is the emergency fund. On January 31st, I should accomplish that goal. There's a chance I accomplish it Saturday, but probably not. You'll probably have to wait one more paycheck. Um, that would give me $12,000 in my high yield ally account and then 1500 in my chase account ally. I call it kind of like my, my, my short term, which means if I want to transfer money from ally to chase, it takes about three days. Chase is my very short term, my savings, because I can just transfer that in an instant. So, um, but the ally account is where all the, the high yield interest, it's like four and a half percent or 4.25% mm -hmm. right now. So it's nice to have 12,000 there because then every, every month I'm getting another 50 to $60 put in there for doing nothing. Um, right. There's a chance I go farther with this and decide that I want a higher number than 12,000. I, I kind of want 15 in there, but I'm in no hurry to do that. So I just want to get that step three finished, then move on to step four. Uh, step four is, is upping my 401k. I mean, it's really easy to complete step four. I just go in and increase it from 6% to 15% and I'm done with that step. I mean, it's that easy. I'm going to skip step five, which is I believe saving money for your kid's college fund because I don't have kids. And then uh, step six is paying off the house. I want to start paying off my house this year. Most likely in February, I'll make that. The only problem that I have right now is I don't know what the 401k 
5k increase is going to make my take home money after paying my bills each month. I won't know that until I do that for the first time. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to guess I'll have around 2000 extra per month to throw on the current $600 payment. So about 2,600, 2,500 a month is what I'm going to throw on the house. Um, you know, 2,500, 2,500 times 12 is 30,000. 30,000 is not going to happen because I'm still going to go on vacation. I'm thinking about going to Vegas in about six weeks to celebrate mm -hmm. finishing step three and four. Well, I don't know yet. We'll see on that. Um, but if I can get, so right now my house, my, my, um, current, um, mortgage is at 67,000. That's what I owe on it. So if I can get that down into the forties by the end of the year, I'll call it a success. And that means 49,99999. If I can get it down to that number or lower, I'm calling it a success. Uh, it would be amazing to be that low um, going into 2025. So definitely. And th those are my goals for the year. I'm actually looking forward to getting started on all of this because I really want to do the numbers. It's fun to do the numbers. Um, yeah, you, I don't know. you did a lot. You did a lot better in terms of uh, developing exact, uh, specific, measurable uh, things that are attainable. Uh, that yeah, you got smart goals all over the place. I still have to work on mine <laughs> well, a little bit. <laughs> I, I tried to just do one writing goal and then I asked myself, how am I going to do that? And that's where I kind of came up. The other stuff like zero publishing, zero editing, those aren't goals. Those are just kind of how I'm going to do it. So I literally have one writing goal and then I have a couple of golf goals, non-writing goals and you know my, my financial stuff. So right. hopefully I can actually have a year where I come in and, and go, hey, look at all the stuff I accomplished. Unlike the last few years where I keep failing on a bunch of stuff, especially the writing right. stuff. Right, right. Well, I think I think you know both me and you, and probably ninety five percent of the rest of the people in the world. Uh, you always think you can get more accomplished than what you really do, and oh, you don't. Yeah. And you don't. Uh, it's not natural to want to face up to the fact that there is going to be curveballs thrown your way, and you're going to just have to deal with it. You have to right. learn how to hit the curveball, which is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. So. <laughs> And that, I believe that's the end of our, our preview review. I really thought this was going to be like a 45 minute podcast, um, but it was a little bit longer than that. So it's good. It was fun. I, I, uh, an hour and 43 right now. <laughs> so, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's a long one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our Saturday one, we'll, our, our weekly diary will probably be uh, a lot less when we get, when we get back yeah. into that next weekend. So let's talk about that real quick. Um, the Browns play at 430 on Saturday. I think Detroit mm -hmm. plays on Sunday. So do you want to do this, uh, our diary on Saturday around eight? Sure. That'll be fine. Right. I'll either be in a really good mood or a really bad mood. So it should be a good yeah, podcast really. either way. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. That is it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, no. I think we, like you said, we covered it in detail. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the year develops as it goes on. Yeah, it will. Definitely. All right, everyone. That is the end of the podcast for this week. If you would like to get in touch with, uh, with me, you can email me, jerry at jerryevanoff.com. The, uh, the uh, website is jerryevanoff.com. And again, um, I don't, Rich, you didn't know this, but I, I got a, a friend of the podcast and friend of the me, Brian reached out and said, Hey, the links in your YouTube video to your South Plainfield Herald are not active. And it turned out hmm. I had to go into YouTube and like activate this advanced property where I had to like film myself for 30 seconds and send it to them. So they knew that I was a real person so they could oh, um, really? validate the, <laughs> yeah, validate the YouTube channel and make it so that I could put links in the description. So if you tried to get to those links in the last couple weeks and they weren't there, they will be there going forward um they will definitely be there going forward and if you want you can check out jerryevanoff.com slash south plainfield herald to see the newspaper articles that i created i really had fun doing that i wish i could do that for every book but i don't want to just be you know do the same thing over and over again but that was a lot of fun um definitely check that out 
uh, the, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jerry Evanoff author. Um, you can find us at youtube.com slash at new author podcast. If you want to check out uh, what we look like and, and we'll, you know, you can watch me rock during the video. Cause apparently I can't sit still. Um, I'm literally <laughs> sitting on my hands right now and attempt to sit still and it's not working. Um, and then go to the Patreon page. If you like us, if you're entertained by us at all, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash new author podcast, there's a dollar tier and a $5 tier. You can do whatever you want. You can just go there and, you know, sign up for free if you want, maybe post stuff. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if Patreon works. I haven't, we haven't got into it <laughs> enough. Um, but if you do sign up, like Rich said, you know, he could put some stuff up there. I could put some stuff up there just out of nowhere. I think that's something I want to try to do is just put something up there out of nowhere, just once, just to see what the process is like and, right. uh, and just get something up there for people. But even if you don't care about the content, you just want to support us, patreon.com slash new other podcast. And uh, we would love it. So. Yeah. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can email me at rich at richcasey.com and hit me up on all the social medias except twitter slash x where i'm not there anymore and my handle is casey himself so yeah just drop a note and yeah i'd like to chat all right everyone thank you so much for, for listening to this hour and 46 minute podcast with the intro it'll be about an hour and 48 and it's a really good one i was i was happy to go through all of that and uh, we will talk to you all in, uh, in a couple days actually yeah yeah take care everybody